Welcome to the Taylor and Jen podcast. Mornings with Taylor and Jen. Bloodhounds look like a creature that was given their body for Christmas and told by their great aunt, you'll grow into it, don't worry. I'm sure they mean nothing by it. (laughs) But it seems like kids fall asleep in school a lot. And we have heard so many interesting ways to wake them up. So I'm a teacher, and uh, when I was a kid, whenever I was refusing to wake up in the morning, my dad invented this song and used to sing it to me to annoy me until I would wake up and get out of bed. And for some reason, when I became a teacher and I come across a student sleeping, that's like what came to my mind. And so I now am known for walking through the hallways. And if I see a student sleeping in a class, I go in and I sing to them until they wake up. (laughs) Okay, so you can't tell us the story with at least giving us a little bit of this song. I know. Oh, absolutely. So it goes, good morning to you. Good morning to you. Good morning, my. And you tell them their name. Good mm-hmm. morning to you. And then you sing the same song, but it's, it's time to wake up. And it's so annoying. I don't know why it's so annoying, <laughs> but literally it works every single time. The students are like awake and like, okay, I'm awake. Knock it off. Go away. <laughs> So we heard about the annoying song that one teacher used to wake up her students. Kelly has a different approach when her students fall asleep. I taught elementary school, and if somebody fell asleep in elementary school, I just covered them up. (laughs) What do do you mean? (laughs) Elementary kids don't want to fall asleep, so if somebody fell asleep... I felt like they needed to sleep for 15 or 20 minutes, and I just covered them up with, like, my coat or a sweater or something that I had because it wasn't good to wake them up. (laughs) You're so sweet and nurturing. If I thought middle school or high school, I would have been covering everybody up. They would have been like, hey, I'm going to her class, and it's nap time. Students, beware. Your teachers have come up with interesting ways to wake you up if you fall asleep at school. My dad was a middle school teacher, oh, back in the day. He's been retired for 20-some years. But anyway, the classes that were right after lunch, he was a health teacher, and he'd be giving speeches and stuff, and sometimes the kids would nod off a little bit. So dad would hold a uh, little water gun in his pocket. He'd just continue talking, but he'd walk by them, and he'd, like, accidentally squirt them. And they'd... Accidentally. Accidentally. Right, right, yeah. He didn't yell and stuff, but it's just one of those, it's just effective. Speak softly and carry a little teeny water gun. Especially in the one o'clock class. Hey, Sean, do you have a story about falling asleep at the wrong time in the wrong place? Back in middle school, we, we were in shop class and stuff, and the shop teacher, if you fell asleep in his class, he'd make you get up. And do 50 push-ups. 50? Wow. Man, if you weren't tired before, you'd be tired after. (laughs) So, Shaw, did you ever have to do push-ups? Yes. (gasps) And I never fell asleep in this class ever again. Yeah. (laughs) Tell us if you see yourself in this story. Standing in a kitchen with a friend. And the friend drops something on the ground Mm -hmm. like you do. And then the friend says, oh, I am such a klutz. I'm such a klutz. Why am I such a klutz? I've said that. Oh, you know, you say that all the time. I am such. And it's usually followed by something negative. And then a voice of wisdom in the room says, hey, hey, hey. How about if we save the I am statements for statements of what God says we are? 
We heard someone say that the other day, and it just about blew my mind wide open. So instead of, I am such a klutz, I am made in the image of God, and sometimes I drop things. (laughs) I think that's a much better way to reframe it. We say a lot of things to ourselves, don't we? I am clumsy. I am awkward. I am timid. Mm -hmm. We make the things we don't like about ourselves our identity. And we heard someone who said, why don't we save the I am statements for the things that we know are true, the things that God says about us in the Bible? And Courtney's done something similar. So I was a part of Solid Iowa State my senior year, two years ago. And the one thing I remember was the guy had a word for every letter of the alphabet and then a verse that went with that. Wow. And so when I was really struggling with my depression last year, my therapist was like, hey, you need to do this. And Mm -hmm. so now I have it hanging by my door every time I leave. Can you think of one of the letters and one of the things that God says? I did the word enough. Mm -hmm. And I did the verse Zephaniah 317. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. Decided to do a little exercise here. I wanted to see what the Bible says about us as people, because the things that I say about me as a person aren't always very kind. I mean, you don't have to answer me and Taylor, but you can tell yourself, say you miss a turn as you're going somewhere. What do you say out loud in the car to yourself? I know what I say about myself when I miss a turn and it's not nice. And I think you hear a lot of like, don't say the things about yourself that you wouldn't say about a friend. But what if we went even further and we said, only say the things about yourself that God says about you? I guess we would need to know what God says about us. I've spent the last five, 10 minutes just going through, combing through some Google searches in the Bible, figuring out what does God say about me? God says you are made in his image. God says you are fully known. And God also says you're loved. God says you're part of one big body, but you're not meant to fit into one mold. Your difference is what makes you valuable. Bible says you are valuable, more valuable than anything else in creation. The Bible says you were knit together in your mother's womb by the king of kings. Mm. The Bible says you are crowned with glory and majesty and God has placed you just a little lower than the angels. That's what God says about you. Not that you're klutzy or you're too loud or you're too quiet or you're too this, you're too that. You are a valuable creature made in his image that he carefully knit together in a personal way. And he loves you so dearly. As athletes, I truly believe they are one of the most remarkable things that God ever created. Wow. Well, I'm talking about bloodhounds. Have you ever heard about a bloodhound's nose? I I remember watching an episode on Mythbusters and all the things that a bloodhound could track over. Wonderful, amazing dogs. But one had never won the top dog spot at the top dog show in the United States, Westminster Dog Show, until last night. Trumpet the Bloodhound. I love Trumpet as a name. Isn't that a great name for a bloodhound? Trumpet the Bloodhound won Westminster Dog Show last night. Now, here's the cool thing about Trumpet the Bloodhound. His first dog show was in January. 
Whoa. This year. New to the scene. Never been in a dog show. Started in January, and now he's the top dog in the United States. And arguably, of all of the dogs that competed, (laughs) Trumpet has the most skin. Yeah. Having a bloodhound is not for those who have a fear of slobber. (laughs) Bloodhounds look like a creature that was given their body for Christmas and told by their great aunt, you'll grow into it, don't worry. (laughs) My goodness. You know how you have those nights where you just don't sleep very much? Mm -hmm. And the next day, you're just a little discombobulated. You're like a half step back. Maybe... Maybe you really even shouldn't interact with people, Hmm. but you have to because you have to go to work. That's kind of how I felt yesterday. This was amazing. (laughs) Hadn't had much sleep the night before. Doesn't matter. Still excited to come here and be with you in the morning. There was a ding dong, (laughs) meaning the doorbell. Also, the doorbell rang. (laughs) I got up and I went and opened the door. For the very kind and lovely Office Depot guy who is delivering us a bunch of boxes of office supplies. No surprise. He has a bunch of boxes. He's got his head resting on the top one. He guides them over and he sets them down. And I'm holding the door open for him, watching him set Mm -hmm. them down. And as he turns around, I meant to say... Do you need me to sign something? Instead, what came out of my very tired brain and addled mouth was, <laughs> do you want to sign me? <laughs> and the best part is he didn't laugh. He didn't do anything. He just said, no. Nope. And nope. left. He didn't say no. He looked down and he said, nope. And he walked out. <laughs> I think many of us are afraid of <laughs> Awkward social interactions. They happen. We can't help it. And then some of them you can shake off. Some of them with stay with you forever. What happened to you, Sherry? It is the winter of 1983. And one morning we had wind chill overnight lows of 54 below zero. Whoa! My car would not start to get me to work. So I'm thinking my only option is to call for a taxi cab which I do, along with probably what seemed like half of Des Moines calling that morning. (laughs) Because taxi cab never came and never came and never came. By the time I get to work, I'm better than two hours late. I'm a licensed cosmetologist. The receptionist is yelling at me nonstop. I'm sitting and trying to service clients with tears streaming down my face. And all that I was working on was so sweet, and she's like, Sweetie, can you just tell me what what has you so troubled this morning? So I shared with her, and she grabs my hands and pinches them real tightly, and she said, oh, sweetie, it is so nice to have an honest response for a change. That cab company that you're referencing, I own them. Oh, my goodness! It was Mrs. Ruan. And then tears start streaming all more, and I said, I am so sorry. That lever that shoves my foot into my mouth seems to be stuck. (laughs) Did Mrs. Ruan do anything about the fact that her cab company didn't send you a cab? She said she was going to go home and talk to Hubby John about it. (laughs) Hubby John. The problem with my socially awkward situation is that Facebook pictures are too small. 
What? Because I interact with a lot of people only over the phone most of the time for, for my job. And so they'll yeah. call me and we'll chat. That's we, true. You have get, whole relationships with people yeah. that you've never met in person. We get to know each other really well over the phone and on Facebook. But, mm-hmm. you know, they've got this little tiny Facebook profile picture and I'm not like combing through those. So when I go to a big conference and I know I'm going to meet them face to face. First of all, I'm really excited because sure. we've developed this close relationship. But second of all, I don't always know what those people look like. <laughs> And sometimes I see people and I make assumptions about who they are. Who did you do this to? I ran up and gave the biggest hug to someone who I thought was one of my favorite people who I developed a very strong relationship with over the phone. Turns out it was one of the brand new managers to our radio network. And I just gave her a big old hug. To her credit, she hugged back. Depending on what your story looks like, these last couple of months may have been a little difficult or at least complicated because you get May with Mother's Day and then June with Father's Day. Both can be very hard days. And getting those back to back can be kind of tricky. For me and my wife, the bruise that gets poked on those days is that we have been trying to get pregnant for several years now with no results, nothing to show for it. Um, and so we, we got through Mother's Day, right? You, you have your Facebook and it's just kind of filled up with all the photos of that life that you've been chasing. Mm-hmm. And I thought that we'd kind of gotten through the difficult because what I always tell people is I feel like Lindsay feels this hole a lot deeper than I do. It's been a lot harder on, Liz- on Lindsay than it's been on me. And if I'm honest, sometimes I feel kind of guilty about that. Mm. Because I love Lindsay and I'm in this fight with her and I wish I could match her emotion on it sometimes. But Saturday, Lindsay was at work all day. So I was at home. I was doing chores and I was kind of stewing in these thoughts of like, I don't feel bad, but I feel bad that I don't feel bad. What's going on here? And then at the end of the day, as I'm sitting out on the back deck, looking at the fresh mowed lawn, dogs out there playing, my phone buzzes and Lindsay has sent me a screen grab from Instagram because I don't have Instagram. I can't figure that out. Um, but it's a picture and it says some of the best dads are not dads yet to all the men who know loss and struggle on their way to fatherhood to the ones who think their day may never come to the ones who had to let go of that dream to the ones who keep showing up day after day, no matter how hard it gets, you deserve to be celebrated. I got a little misty at that. I didn't really know that that was something that I needed to hear. And it wasn't even something that I had told Lindsay that I was needing to hear, but she spoke into it anyway. And I think that is a superpower that we have is the ability to encourage people, even if they're not saying they're insecure about something, even though they're not saying that something is wrong. I think sometimes God gives us a little glimpse into that insight of they need to be encouraged in this space that they don't even know there's an ache. And I'm so thankful my wife did that for me. I want you to understand how important it is and how special it is that you two talk to each other like that, that it was your wife that Mm -hmm. did that. And I just want to say thank you publicly to you two for how well you love each other Mm. because you give some of the rest of us life goals. (laughs) When you get something new and it's amazing and it's fun. You want to share it with the people that you care about, right? Yeah. Okay, so she got a 
indoor s'mores maker. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So you don't have to go out in the backyard and you get smoke in your face. and No mosquitoes, no outdoors necessary. Just a little indoor piece of equipment that you could make s'mores. And she and her family loved it so much, she thought, I am going to bring this to my friends at work. Oh, a little team building. So she went into work with her little s'mores maker and everybody gathered around and she was so excited to share s'mores with her co-workers. And then she lit the carpet on fire. Whoa! <laughs> did she did she like knock it over? Or? I don't know. The carpet the carpet literally went up in flames. Oh man! They had to put it out, and they ended up having to replace the entire carpet in that room. Oh no! Because of what she had done, and she said now. They have carpet squares just because of me <laughs> so that if somebody else lights it on fire, they only have to replace a square. That's a pretty cool <laughs> legacy. I mean, the flooring decision in this establishment is directly because of me and my decisions. We want to hear about that oops that happened at your work. And uh, if you were a part of it, don't worry. We're not going to laugh at you. We're going to laugh with you. I worked at my college just as an office secretary, and we decided we just wanted coffee one day. And he went into the break room, put the pot under it, you know, and put the filter in and the coffee grounds. And I wait like 10 minutes until it's done brewing, and I go in there. And he didn't get the pot completely under. Oh, no. flooded the whole break room. The floor was just covered in coffee. Oh. And the worst part was it was like bacon flavored. He wanted to try this bacon flavored so it, was just, it smelled awful and it was a mess. Bacon flavored coffee? Oh man. Yes. Don't do it. It's terrible. Don't do it. <laughs> so did you ever let him live that down? Oh for sure not. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you make one little mistake at work and then all of your work people Never let you forget it. No. Do they, Taylor? It's so much fun to have a long memory for these things. You have to remember, we work very, very early in the morning. Mm -hmm. And I, one very, very early morning, realized that my almond butter that I had been using at the time, my almond butter was really hard because I had kept it in the fridge. Yeah, we have it rough here. Yeah. (laughs) So... My almond butter needed to be more spreadable. Mm-hmm. Therefore, what do you do to the almond butter? You warm it up a little bit. Oh, I just spread harder. <laughs> okay, so I didn't want to go that route. I stuck it in the microwave, put it on for, you know, 20 seconds or so, and kind of stepped back to look out the window. As I was looking out the window, all of a sudden I heard this crack, pop, Whoa. crash. And I was like, what just happened? I thought maybe a bird had run into the window. <laughs> I turn around and the microwave door is ajar, all right? And there's a little bit of smoke coming out of the microwave. And I realize, okay, why do they do this? They put kind of like a metallic cover over your butter uh-huh. when you open it up the first time. And you have to tear all of that off. So tear all of the metal off before you microwave your almond butter. I mistakenly put metal in the microwave and the microwave didn't like it it blew the door off there was an acrid smoke smell Mm -hmm. in our lunchroom for quite a while and i've never been able to live that oops down and why would she it's hilarious (laughs) to bring that back up 
Have you made a big oops at <laughs> work? Now, here's the thing. We know that you have. We all have. The question is, will you tell us about it? I uh, used to be a bookkeeper at a little co-op in a small town. And I'm not a numbers person, by the way. <laughs> but uh, I overpaid a gentleman for some grain he brought in. $10,000. Whoa! <laughs> Oops. I bet he liked you. He did not like me because they asked me to call him and pay it back. Oh, no. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. You owe me $10,000. Had to do it. Did he pay you back? He said, well, I really don't want to do this, and I'm not happy about it, but he said I wouldn't <laughs> sleep tonight, so oh. I have to pay it back. She looked at me, and she said, I'm good. And I said, no, you're not. You're not good. <laughs> so, Taylor and Mariah and I all went up to Minneapolis for a day to teach us how to be better at our jobs. We'll see if it works. It included a road trip. Mm -hmm. Taylor went on ahead of us and that left Mariah and I. I said, well, we got to stop and get road trip snacks. And she just went, what? I said, we got to stop and get road trip snacks. She said, well, we don't need to go. I've got a full tank of gas. I said, no, 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 It's not about gas. You're filling a different <laughs> tank, Mariah. I have road trip snacks. Mm-hmm. These are the road trip snacks that I always yeah. get. I get some kind of iced tea in a bottle. And then I get Gardettos. Gardettos, Gardettos yeah. yeah. And then I got a bag of mini Snickers. Because you have to have salty. Mm-hmm. You have to have sweet. And then you have to have a drink. So I get all this and I go to the front of the store. And there's Mariah standing there. And I said, you got to get a snack. And she's like, no, I don't. I'm good. I'm like, no, you don't understand. You have to get a road trip snack. She's like, I have to. I said, you have to. It's a requirement. I'm not letting you. (laughs) I'm not letting you leave here. So she walks down this aisle and she just willy nilly goes, okay. And she grabs some kind of trail mix. We buy it. We're on our way up there. She opens hers up and she's like, I don't like this. (laughs) And I said, chose poorly you got it you got to spend some time you You got to think think about about this and trail mix what kind of why do they even put trail mix in in gas stations don't they know what we're eating on the roads (laughs) it's far less healthy than that it's not rabbit food i'll tell you that much if i got a trail mix like she did i'd just be shaking out the chocolate pieces that's yeah trail mix is just road trip food with health in the way summer means vacation vacation often means road trip just those two words make you feel something, right? Like you just, you just hear road trip and to me it's like the sun is rising in my heart. <laughs> because I get to be a different gen. You become a completely different person <laughs> and we want to know what that person is like on your road trip. You go on a road trip, you got to have snacks. Very important. What kind of snacks do you usually get on your road trips, Paul? I normally get chips. Yeah, chips. salty. Yeah. Then I gotta have chocolate. Mm-hmm. You got salty and you got chocolate. You gotta have something to wash it down. Do you get one of those weird energy drinks that you can't find anywhere else? Oh no, that <laughs> stuff is nasty. No, I get coffee. Oh, here's the other question: Do you get all of those in one trip, or do you space them throughout the road trip? Like one trip you get chips, one trip you get some chocolate. I already have all that before I even leave home. <laughs> oh, dude. We know this is going to happen. We talk about road trips and I get hungry because you got to talk about road trip snacks. And snacks are the great unifier, but the way that you get them can Mm. be a little different. Yep, that's true. I like to start my trip, stop at a place, 
get everything that I want, and go. I just feel like it's more exciting if I stop at one gas station at a time, sampling the various <laughs> wares and culinary delights. What about you, Andrew? So I tend to get all of my snacks and my drinks ahead of time, mm. but hear me out. I like the strawberry citrus sparkling ices, and I cannot find those anywhere else. I'm never guaranteed I'm going to find them. Give me a, for example, uh, other than the strawberry ice, what are the other basics? Yes, I do live in Pella, so I do grab some cherry donut holes from the local bakery because there's nowhere else in the world that has them. No. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Do you go to Ulrich's, too, and get some of their amazing beef sticks and cheese? I probably will this time because it's going to be a two-week vacation, so. There you go. Do you happen to swing by West Des Moines on your way to wherever (laughs) you're going? I can definitely do that if you want me to. Because, you know, cherry donut holes and beef sticks and cheese from Ulrich's sound like a great way to start my morning. It'd be be like we're on the road trip with you. (laughs) I can can probably do that for you. I'll get a hold of you. Have I told you you're one of my favorites, Andrew from Pella, who's going to bring me cherry donut holes? (laughs) The Taylor and Jen Podcast is a product of Northwestern Media, a ministry of the University of Northwestern St. Paul. You can hear more from Taylor and Jen weekday mornings online at life1071.com or on the Life 107.1 app.